Good morning, Grace Church. Welcome to campus. We're so glad that all of you are here today. Look at someone sitting nearby you and wish them a happy 4th of July. Those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, we are so glad that you've chosen to be a part of our service today. And we do pray that it will be a blessing to you. I am thankful for our country. I'm thankful for what we're celebrating today or this weekend, tomorrow, uh, that we still have freedom in this country, freedom to worship, freedom to gather together to worship and to, uh, and to just live a life for Jesus Christ. If you're thankful for that today, would you just clap your hands to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before we start our worship service today, I want to remind you that camp meeting begins next week. And uh, that's going to begin on Tuesday the 5th. It'll go all the way through Friday. If you can go to any or all of camp meeting, we want you to go and be a blessing. Or go and let that be a blessing to you. And then also, very uh, special note, we've been talking about this. Next Sunday is the day. Next Sunday is the day that we're launching our young adult class. That is for those that are college age all the way up through age 40, and we'll be meeting over in the Alexander Center for that class. So if that is you, and you fall into that category, please make a note. We want you to be a part of the class. It's going to be tailored to you, and you're going to be blessed from what you hear imparted in that class, and uh, we want you to make a note of it. That starts next Sunday. It's at 10 o'clock during the Sunday school session. And then uh, also next Sunday... Next Sunday night at 6 p.m., we'll be meeting in the Alexander Center with all potential Connect Group leaders. So if you signed up to be a Connect Group leader, or if you think you may want to be a Connect Group leader, next Sunday night at 6 p.m. in the Alexander Center is the time for you to meet. As you know, we had this scheduled last Sunday, and the weather got bad right around the time we were planning to meet, and we just thought we would err on the side of caution and not have everybody out on the streets in inclement weather. So this is that meeting rescheduled for next Sunday. And I'm going to just tell you real quick what to expect, Connect Group leaders. You can expect uh, a little bit more depth on the vision for Connect Groups. And then you're going to get some resources, some instruction. You're going to find out how easy it is to lead a Connect Group. And you're also going to find that you're going to have all the resources and support you need to be a part of this. So come excited and expecting to hear some really good information. And then finally today, uh, Mother's Memorial. The offering deadline for Mother's Memorial is July 22nd. And we want to give to that. We want to be a part of that. And uh, let's see what God will do through uh, the blessing that Grace Church is to these ministries. Let's stand together. I know you've come to worship. I've come to worship. The praise team has come to lead us in worship. And so I think it's time to do that right now. Would you clap your hands to Jesus one more time and shout with a voice of triumph.
giving up on me, yeah. Your grace came and made a way. I'll never be the same forever. Your love is never giving up. It's never giving up on me, yeah. Your grace came and made a way. I'll never be the same
You won't climb up 
praise him, everybody. Let's praise him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank the Lord. Anybody thankful here today for the love of God? What a blessing. What a privilege to know the love of God today. Thank the Lord. I'm thankful to know him. Thank the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him I'm glad to see you. Thank the Lord. I want to share something with you uh, just real quickly here today. Uh, most of you know, all of you know probably, that uh, I was in a motorcycle accident a couple of years ago. It was a hit and run. And a uh, fellow literally just cut over into my lane and, and kept going. And um, that part is neither here nor there. The point I want to make today, and it's, it's, I've thought about it numerous, numerous times. First time I've said it out loud to anybody is that um, our law enforcement people went through a lot of trouble to find the person that did that. And again, my point is not that. My point is that they did that for me. They did that for me. And it's, it, it did something to me to think that. It, I don't know how many people were involved in it. Uh, uh, there's actually somebody here today that was involved in that. And uh, going after the person. And every time they, the praise team sings this song, I think about that. That if people here just doing their daily job would, would find this person. I don't know whatever happened. It's between him and the justice system, but um, if, they, if, if they would do that for somebody, how much more does God do for us? How much more? How much more? Thank you, Lord. There's nothing he won't do. There's nothing he won't do. Brother Dave just commented about it when they were praise team was singing, you folks were singing there's just simply nothing that God won't do to get to somebody. All the effort, all the planning, all the strategy, putting things in our lives, taking things out of our lives, whatever it takes, God will do anything to get to somebody. And I'm thankful for the love of God today. Now I'll ask you today, aren't you thankful for the love of God? Thank you Lord. It'll go anywhere. It'll do anything. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Great to see all of you here today. We have guests here today with us. And I'm so thankful to see you. Thank you for uh, putting Grace Church on your calendar this morning, whatever the reason. We're, th we're, we're just thrilled that you came. It's always refreshing to look out over the audience and see uh, faces you haven't seen in a long time, maybe faces you've never seen before. And uh, But irregardless, we're so thankful that you're here. And uh, we pray that the service today is a blessing to you. We'd love to begin calling names, but I'd leave somebody out, and I don't want to do that. Uh, we're just glad today for all of our guests. And then all of you Grace people that are here on July 4th weekend, we have a nice turnout here today for July 4th. I appreciate that. Jesus appreciates you being here today. Amen. Thank the Lord. And I'm glad to see our sweet Miss Maggie here today. I'm glad to see her. Thank the Lord. Just had a, uh, I'm going to tell you, it must be wonderful to be 13 because if she was 65, she wouldn't be here today. Uh, just go ahead and admit it. She had a major, major surgery. 
this seemed like just a few days ago and back at church already and wanted to be here Wednesday night I understand that uh, mama used some discretion and wisdom and said no you better wait another day or two but we're glad you're here Maggie you're glad you're doing well glad everything was a success right amen Thank you. now I called her our sweet little Miss Maggie everybody may not have that point of view but pastor does so don't ever forget that when other people don't think you're sweet I do so there you go I want to call your attention today to the word of God I've come kind of fired up here today thank the Lord and um, I want to read one verse of scripture found from Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 John the Baptist speaking and it's a very familiar verse He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, uh, you've heard this preached. You've heard this verse referred to many, many, many times. But I call your attention to the last phrase. I want you to notice how John said it. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost first, then fire. Y'all remember that for a little later on in the message. I want to talk to you for a little while, preach to you for a little while this morning about flashpoint. Everybody say flashpoint. Ignite or fizzle. Thank the Lord. Everybody say thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. Our praise team, when we were at the church building in Baker, sang a song I remember the person that sang the solo did an amazing job and oftentimes when they'd sing it uh, it it would oftentimes bring the house down there are some folks here today that may even remember this song probably Wayne and Kathy Yoder would remember it but the chorus went something like this I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire catch on fire catch on fire I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire, burning with the Holy Ghost. Thank the Lord. There's folks here today that's heard it. Thank God. The verse, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place. They were all in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound like a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. Amen. Amen. I kind of wish that here today. I don't kind of wish it. I just straight up wish all of us could catch on fire again with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The second verse said, Then there appeared unto them cloven tongues, just like a fire shut up in their bones. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke with other tongues as he gave the utterance. In firefighting lingo with a firefighter, a fireman, fire person to be politically correct, I guess. In firefighting lingo, there is a phrase that is used to express a very critical moment in the beginning stages of a house fire. It is when the temperature of that house fire gets to a certain level which everything combustible in a room spontaneously bursts into flames 
spreading the fire immediately and instantaneously. This, this word that represents that is flashpoint. Everybody say flashpoint. It is the point, flashpoint is the point in a house fire in which everything that can burn will burn. The flashpoint of a flammable liquid is the lowest temperature at which it can form an ignitable mixture in the air. The flashpoint is often used as one descriptive characteristic of liquid fuel. But it also, but it is also used to describe liquids that are not used intentionally as fuels. It just simply means that anything that can burn will burn. When my, my kids were little, uh, Casey was a baby, I guess, uh, struggling to remember if she was even born at the time. Maybe she wasn't. But we had just built a house not far from here. And uh, I got a call from the man that actually, the contractor that built it, he lived across the street. And he called me at work that morning and he said, I don't want to upset you, but your house is on fire. Michael, I appreciate the consideration and not want to upset me, but you did. And I don't know how else you could have said it where you didn't. So we rushed out to the house. I went and picked Sister Murph up. And we rushed out there and the fireman had just finished putting the fire out. And the fireman, he didn't, I don't remember him using the exact word flashpoint. But he made it very clear. Had we been more than a minute or two later, your house would have exploded into flames and you would have lost everything under this roof. I surmise now that he was referring to the term flashpoint. It was amazing to walk inside of our house just before flashpoint, just before it reached that temperature where everything caught on fire. It had no choice but to catch on fire. You understand me here today. It was so hot in that house, it was on the verge of burning everything. Now, here was the interesting part. As hot as it got, it burned out the whole kitchen is where the fire started. The little uh, plastic device, the handle on the end of an attic string, the attic stair string that you pull your attic steps down with, that was about that long. It was so hot in that house, it just melted into a thread of plastic. But here's the irony. There were other things in the house. You couldn't tell that it had just been in a fire. You couldn't tell that it was that hot, that it had got, just gotten that hot. The couch looked totally normal. Outside of smelling like smoke, all of our clothes in the closets. Thank God our pictures survived it. It was amazing to me that as hot as it was in their house, in that, in that house, there were some things that retained their identity. We could tell what it was. But there were other things you just had to guess at what that used to be. But had it reached flashpoint, nothing in that house virtually would have been recognizable. It would have burnt to the ground in a matter of minutes. 
I'm going to come back to that in a moment. There may be some here today that knows what I'm about to say, and there may be others that do not. So for the sake of the others that do not, striking a match starts a chemical reaction. And what you have to consider with matches is there's two types, basically two types of matches. There is a match that's called a safety match, and then there's a match that's called a strike anywhere match. A safety match whose head is one color, solid red, can only light when someone strikes it against the surface on the side of the box or the container it came in. I don't know if any of you have ever tried that. You get that little match, the head is red, solid red. You just can't strike it on anything. You have to strike it on that little strip that came on the box. The strike anywhere match, the strike anywhere match, you can strike it on about anything. I've seen men strike one of those matches literally on the zipper of their pants. I've seen them run it up their pants leg and it'll strike. I've seen men take their fingernail and just barely just prick the end of it and it will light. So there's a big difference between safety matches and strike anywhere matches. I want to submit to you today here at Grace Church, we have too many one color safety matches at Grace Church. The one color means it's all about me. We need some more two color matches that can strike anywhere that says it's me and God. It's not just me, but it's me and God. Hallelujah to God. Let me just say that burning is a good thing when it comes to the kingdom of God. It interests me that John the Baptist said, you'll receive the Holy Ghost, not lightning, not thunder, not rain, not any illustration like that. He said it would come with fire. There's something that fire means. And, but in this context, there's, there's benefit, there's merit, there's excitement, there's incredible environment and an atmosphere that's kingdom of God based when there's a whole lot of fire in it. And I wish today, I pray today that somebody's soul here this morning would literally catch on fire again in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord and shout yes. Hallelujah. Our text said, John the Baptist said, Jesus shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Because of that, and something I'm going to come to here in a moment, I do not believe it's possible to have the Holy Ghost without the fire. If you have experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, at one point or another in your life, you have been on fire for Jesus. Amen. So let's take, for example, again, the house that catches on fire. At first, the fire, at first, the fire is grasping for anything that it can burn. 
It has to do that to sustain its life. As soon as a fire hits something that doesn't burn, then ultimately that fire will go out. It will terminate. But if it can burn long enough and hot enough and find enough things in that house that will burn, it will reach a place called flashpoint that everything in that house will burn whether it wants to or not. So when a fire and firemen know this, that when a house is about to reach flashpoint, then they know that something powerful and explosive is about to happen. Someone asked Jean Cocteau, he's a French writer, he's an artist, a film director, what he would take, if what he would remove from his house, what would be the first thing you would take out of your house if it caught on fire? Brilliantly. I never thought of it till I read this story. He said, I would take the fire. That's brilliant, isn't it? How many of you thought of that? Don't raise your hand because you're telling a story. I ain't never heard anybody say that. And there's going to be eight people that's going to walk up and say, oh, I told you, Pastor, I told you that 28 years ago. You just forgot. No, you didn't tell me because you never thought of it. I think that is brilliant and exceptional. But he didn't mean a literal fire. Keep in mind, this man is a writer. He's an artist. He's a film director. He's talking about, I want the passion of that fire. Because if I can take the passion of that fire out of that house and put it on the inside of me, then I can recreate myself anywhere, everywhere that I choose to go. I don't need that house anymore. I don't need to have that structure anymore. That's not the source of my passion. The fire is the source of my passion. Hallelujah. So I submit to you today, when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, may I say to you today, you are baptized with the Holy Ghost and with passion. We're about to launch connect groups here at our church in a few weeks. We need some passion. I'm not asking anybody just to go to the routine and, and just do it because we're asking you to. I'm asking you to find a prayer closet somewhere. I'm asking you to find some sacrifice somewhere and say, God, if I'm going to do this, I want to bring some Holy Ghost passion into it. I'm not here to entertain my friends. I'm not just here to be social with my friends. I want to make an impact in their lives. Somebody get some fire here this morning. I said, somebody get some fire here this morning. Hallelujah. So it's the fire of passion that changes lives. And one passionate life can absolutely change the world. We've seen it over and over again in history. Now, that being said... There are too many churches and literally too many saints of God who say they have the Holy Ghost. My question is, if you do, then where's the fire? Because it comes as a package. The Holy Ghost should rejuvenate us to such a degree that we're never the same again. If it doesn't, 
then that question needs to be answered. I would like to ask this morning. I've thought about this. I've thought about it thousands of times through the years, but especially in the context of this message. Without sounding too judgmental, maybe from strictly just a point of observation, maybe there's too many churches and too many saints of God where that fire is absent. So I'm thinking here this morning, when and where did this idea of having the baptism of the Holy Ghost without the fire, where did that start? Whose idea was that? Did some elderly gentleman somewhere in the church 50 years ago stand and testify and said, I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I just don't believe there ought to be any more fire with it. And somebody caught on to that, and preachers started preaching that globally to where now we're okay to have the Holy Ghost without any fire. Who was the instigator of that? Who was the fighter of that fire? Who was the fire person that put the Holy Ghost fire out in churches? I think we know the answer, and that's not the point of this message, but I believe it begins with attitude. No matter what the reason, it boils down to attitude where people determine, I'm just not going to be that passionate for whatever reason. Burn, burnt, bitter, sinning, worldly, whatever. Or just want to attend church and just sit there and not do nothing. Somebody started that somewhere. And a church member looked across the aisle and said, Look at brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. They just sit there in church, but they live the lifestyle and they still have the Holy Ghost without the fire. I think we can do that. And so another family does it, another family does it. Then one of those families shares it with another family in another church. You ought to try it. Just show up at church with no passion. You can still have the Holy Ghost. You can still pay your tithes. You can still be faithful, but just don't bring any fire with you anymore. Somebody started that somewhere, and it seems like generally across the board, we've accepted it. That's not Bible. It is not Bible. It's the church endorsing some kind of a strange church culture. It says you can. We'll prove the Bible wrong in this case. You can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, with no fire. If you don't believe it, just look at me. What a testimony. It just makes people want to gather into church by the scores, don't it? We just go to that church and we get the Holy Ghost, but nothing happens. We just stay the same. Y'all get the point. Grace Church is beginning to boil a little bit. It is. There's a feeling, there's an excitement in this church that I've not felt for a long time. I credit a whole lot of it to these first two rows right here in front of me. They're, they're making some of us kind of sit back and take notice that says, hey, they've got something I don't have. They have the Holy Ghost and fire. They do. 
And the rest of us have to get to say, I'm glad they sit on the front row because when they stand and worship and clap and jump and dance, you get to look at the back of their head while they're doing it, wondering, why don't I feel like that? Why don't I act like that? I'll tell you why. It's because we've learned how to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost without any passion anymore. We leave our passion somewhere else. We leave our passion in a football stadium. We leave our passion at a movie theater. We leave our passion at other places. You get my drift here today. It's time to bring some passion and fire and excitement and jubilance and thrill back to the house of God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So a firefighter will tell you that fire, a firefighter will tell you that fire is predictably unpredictable. You don't know what it's going to do. Anybody starting to feel me here a little bit here today? Oh, God. Baptize this church with a passion that you just ain't going to predict what's going to happen at church this coming Sunday. You're not going to be able to say what's going to happen at church. I'm so tired of just going through the same thing, same thing, same. I'm not being critical of it. I just want some more. I just want more of it. I have little breaths sometimes and little feelings of, oh, boy, that was good right there. I want that all the time. I want to feel the passion of the Holy Ghost back in Grace Church again. So here's the thing about fire that all of you know. That under the right circumstances, even a small fire can pose a great danger. Brother Dave and I talk about it all the time. And any of the rest of you that are with me, you're going to hear it from me at some point or another. But these folks right here on the first two rows, they've turned my world upside down. I've got to the point now where... I look forward to coming to this pulpit and preaching something exciting and what have you. Because we have a group down here that just can't wait to hear it. Amen. So it may be to you a small fire that's burning up here. But it's starting to catch. There's another two or three rows back behind them that folks are starting to get a little excited in it may take it a while to get all the way back to the production booth. But they're busy. They're busy during church. But it may take it a while to go front to back, side to side. But I'm okay with a small fire. Because to me, fire is fire. And it burns no matter how big it is. And if you sit around it long enough, if you're around it long enough, it's going to get a hold of you. It's going to get a hold of you. So young folks, don't let the fire go out. Don't ever let it go out. Don't ever quit worshiping. Don't ever stop praising. Don't ever stop jumping and running and dancing in the Holy Ghost. Don't ever stop because a small fire, a small fire can turn the church upside down. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. So if a blaze reaches the flashpoint, Sometimes it's even called flash over temperature. Every bit of combustible material in that room, whether it's wood, paper, carpet, drapes, furniture, doesn't matter. When it reaches flat flash point, 
everything burns. Everything burns. And they say that there comes a point that the fire, there comes a point when you reach flashpoint. There comes a time when the fire no longer even needs to touch it for it to start burning. It doesn't have to come in direct contact with the fire to start burning. It just gets so hot. It just gets so fire hot that whether you want to burn or not, your soul is going to catch on fire. Oh, God. It spreads. It gets so hot it spreads by heating up everything around it. A confined blaze will heat the atmosphere in a room until everything in the enclosed space spontaneously ignites. At this point, if it can burn at flashpoint, it will. If you follow your passion for God, it will get you to a spiritual flashpoint. And at that point, you will either ignite or fizzle. And there's too much fizzling going on. Now, if you want a watered-down dead, dull, boring church, you'll fizzle. But if you want the same fire that John the Baptist was preaching about, then you must be willing to catch on fire, to get that passion back, to get that excitement back. I don't look for an excuse to not be a church. I look for an excuse to be a church. I don't look for an excuse not to worship. I look for an excuse to worship. If you're on fire like I'm talking about, it doesn't matter what they're playing. It doesn't matter what they're singing. Hello? I don't need that because I've got it on the inside of me. I don't need to hear a new song. I don't need to hear an old song because I've got the Holy Ghost and fire on the inside of me. It's not outside of me. It's inside of me. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord today. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. So... When did this fire begin? When did this fire start? When did this thing called the church ignite? Was it very explosive back then on the day that the church was born in Acts chapter 2? Or did they receive the Holy Ghost just kind of laid back, thinking about lunch, thinking about July 4th tomorrow? Look at their watch. I'm giving God another day. If it don't happen in another day, I'm out of here. The ball wasn't on God's court. As I talked this past Wednesday night or preached last Sunday, whenever it was, the first precedent that God set in the church was go to Jerusalem and tarry. And God says, when I'm ready to pour out the Holy Ghost, I just need for you to be there. And I need for you to be there expecting something to happen. Let me stop and say, it's a package deal. You can't have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and not have fire passion. And if you go through a red hot service and not respond, chances are your fire's gone out. You're just fizzling out. Or maybe, maybe you are right where the 11 apostles were on that great day of the feast, the day of Pentecost. There are actually 120 altogether. They were gathered together in the upper room. We all know the story. There were, there were many differences between all of those people. We know just in the 12 disciples, the personality differences, their perspective on Jesus and the law of Moses and tradition and history, everybody had a different point of view. But when they showed up 
in the upper room. They had one thing in common. The Bible said they were in one mind and one accord. What that means is they showed up with passion and they showed up with expectancy. You can have whatever point of view you want. You can do and say it however you want to say it. But when you walk through those doors, Grace Church, we need for some people to walk in here on Sunday morning with some passion and expectancy. I've not come to go through the motions. I've come to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So they came with expectancy. Now here's the thing about the original 120. They didn't know what to expect. But they came expecting something. They were just simply obeying the commandment of Jesus. You go and tarry till you be endued with power from on high. To be endued means provided or endowed with some quality or power. You are provided it. You are endowed with it. So you go and stay there until that happens. They didn't know what to expect. We like to GPS God too much. We want to know where he's going and what he's going to do. And God help us if he wants to do something in my life. Man, if I'm, if I'm the destination on God's GPS, I, 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 need, to, I need to do something about that. I, I need to wake up sick that Sunday. I need to be out of town that Sunday because it just terrifies me that, that God is going to zero in on me one Sunday. Folks, we got to somehow or another, we got to get over our mentality and our perspective. If our guest here today would pardon me for just a moment. It's not the praise team singing their very best that's going to set this house on fire. It's not even the preacher preaching his very best that's going to set this church on fire. It's when the people of God begin to expect it. And we're too accustomed to showing up. And all we expect is the same thing that happened last Sunday. And the Sunday before that. And the Sunday before that. I'm asking somebody. Somebody's to start walking through the door expecting just a little bit more. Oh, yes. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, here's my point on expecting a little bit more. Jesus said, go to the upper room and tarry you being due with power from on high. 120 win, and some of us have barked and fussed, and it should have been 10,000. Y'all on board with that? But what if Jesus had told the 120 what was going to happen exactly when they got there? How many of them would have gone? Wait, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to shock you folks too much with that statement. He didn't tell them what to expect. He just said, go expecting. What? I ain't going to tell you. It's a surprise. How many of them old Jewish, stiff-necked, sitting their ways, all of them 120 wasn't fired up Simon Peters. And he wasn't all that fired up that day himself. They walked in there. Had Jesus told them 
Now, I'm going to pour out the Holy Ghost. He did tell them, I'm going to be in you. And he told them to receive the Holy Ghost. They didn't know anything about it, and they didn't bother to ask any questions. Probably a good thing they didn't. But had he told them, when you get there, you're going to wait for about a week and a half to two weeks, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, you're going to hear a sound like a tornado's outside. And it's going to be real scary, but just stay put. And then, according to the book of Acts, not what John said. John said you'd receive the Holy Ghost and fire. You read Acts chapter 2. I've got it marked right here. It just so happened in a beautiful Bible that Sister Wanda gave to me a few weeks ago. And there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled all the house with it. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And then they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible says. So this tells me that there's got to be a certain amount of passion, a certain amount of desire, a certain amount of expectation if you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The fire came first and set on their head. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm here at church and the Holy Ghost falls like that and I look over here at Brother Donnie and he's got fire sitting on top of his head, my first reaction is I'm going to take my coat off and I'm going to beat him after death trying to beat that fire out. It's a natural reaction for us to want to put out a fire. We need to quit doing that. If your house is on fire, put it out. But when your church people catch on fire, would you please let them burn? Let them burn. Let them burn. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, my. There's been too many people here at Grace Church that has come with expectancy and passion and they get that stank eye from somebody. You better sit down. We ain't going to tolerate that here. We ain't going to put up with that here. You can't tell me. You may be seated. You can't tell me that all 120 were on board when they saw that flame of fire setting on someone's head, Brother Billy. You talk about wide-eyed emoji. What in the world is going on on the top of their head? And now she's got it on her head. And he's got it on his head. It's going to burn their hair up. Look at that. Look at all this fire on the top of all these people's head. And at some point, the stiff-necked, religious, hypocrite person, whatever, that was there thought, Maybe I need to check the top of my head. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My head's on fire. You know what happened in the upper room? Brother Donnie, it reached flashpoint. And anything that can burn will burn. Let me tell you, had God told them that going in, it'd have been about four people in the upper room. But he bothered not to tell them. And you know what else? He's not gonna bother to tell us either. But one of these Sundays, somebody's gonna show up at Grace Church. You've been coming here for a long time and sitting on the pew like that, and it's gonna occur to you that there's something burning on the top of my head. My attitude's different, my perspective's different. 
I feel different. I've got a better outlook on life. I just feel like something's happening in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. Oh, God, finally. It finally happened. You know what they're doing? They just felt the fire on top of their head. You say, well, Pastor, they're only 15, 16 years old. It doesn't matter how old they are. They recognize the fire of the Holy Ghost. Woo! My God. My God. My God. Oh, my. You may be seated. What's going to be interesting is when you get home one Sunday with your kids and they're going to look and say, Daddy, Mama, why don't you ever run the aisles with me? You're going to have a big question to answer. Well, now, son, it's just like this. Now, you have to understand you're young and you're still new in your relationship with you. You blab all you want to blab, but I don't believe the fire of the Holy Ghost. You get used to it. I think you can lose it, but you're not going to get used to it because you can't take fire burning on the inside of you and not respond to it. In one way or another, I'm asking God to help us create an atmosphere of expectancy, of passion here today in our worship, in our praise that will make the laws combustible the minute they walk in the door. You know what you guys just did when y'all ran the aisles? You know what y'all were doing? You just set a precedent for people to receive the Holy Ghost when the preacher's preaching. Now, these old seasoned saints of God may take a little bit longer to catch up, but there's going to be some folks walking here and see y'all worshiping. Sister Murph and I have lived this, and others here, Sister Landry lived this. There were people that saw us y'all's age up in a youth choir singing and say, these people don't have to do dope and drugs and immorality and all that stuff to be happy. They've got something I don't have, and I want it. And God filled them with the Holy Ghost by the scores. Let it burn. I'm talking about a blaze that cannot be quenched, a blaze that is absolutely unquenchable. May I say to that revival that I just referred to in the mid-70s through the, through the 80s, I guess, where hundreds, literally hundreds of people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in my home church. What put out that fire? Somebody did. Somebody decided that it's more comfortable at church not to see cloven tongues like a fire burning on top of somebody's head. We just better calm this down a little bit. I've preached revivals all over the eastern part of our country and have left young people prostrate in a, in a prayer room. I've seen them sprawled out all across the front. You talk to the pastor six or eight months later, how's church going? Oh, well, Brother Murphy, we appreciate you coming and lighting that fire, but it didn't last long. Somebody's putting it out. <clears throat> Maybe we don't mean to, but whoever's doing it, we need to stop it. <clears throat> Let it burn. Let it burn. Could we do away with that, I don't worship out loud. 
I worship in my heart. I heard somebody tell me, say one time publicly, I've never forgotten it, referred to somebody that I just love hearing them pray quietly. <clears throat> well, if they're praying quiet, <clears throat> how in the world can you hear them? That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I bring it up to Sister Murph every once in a while. I just said, I, I, that was stupid to me. But it's people that are content to have church with no fire, no passion, no expectancy. No more of the attitude or mentality that says I've never shouted or danced. That's just not me. This is why God can't tell us everything he wants to do. Because we won't, won't be a part of it. Because of what we might have to manifest. It's one thing to see cloven tongues like a fire on somebody else. But when you reach up there and realize they're on top of your head. I like that right there. They're having their own church service. I like that right there though. Front row. <laughs> My apologies. My apologies. My apologies. It was just too good of a moment. Hallelujah. You know what Brother Dave was doing? He was turning around to see if Brother Ben had cloven tongues like it's a fire setting on top of his head. That's what he was doing. And I'm looking around the building right now. And I'm beginning to see something igniting and something starting. Oh, God. It's happening in our head. And if it'll happen in our head, it can happen in our heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, I'm expecting, I'm expecting something to happen. I've reached that point. Again, we're about to launch connect groups. And I'm expecting, I'm expecting to see some brand new people walking through the doors. But I want it so combustible in here that when they walk through the door, we don't even make it through song service. They want what's going on in this building so bad. They ain't going to wait to an altar service. I want it right now. And it ain't going to take eight people three hours to pray them through the Holy Ghost. They're going to lift their hands and start speaking in another language. Hallelujah to God. I believe we're setting precedent for it right now. Our spontaneous worship, our spontaneous shouting and dancing and running, all of that being spontaneous is setting the stage, is setting the atmosphere for God to fill people with the Holy Ghost spontaneously. They don't have to wait for an altar call. They don't have to wait to the end of the message. God can fill them with the Holy Ghost whenever they're ready. Everybody stand today. Everybody stand and clap your hands to the Lord. Oh God. What I want us to do here at Grace Church they're not even waiting. What I'm waiting and wanting here at Grace Church is for us to quit, quit to stop separating people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost from everything else we do here. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. I want us to reach a point where we stop separating people receiving the Holy Ghost from everything else we do here. I think people ought to be able to walk through the door. Somebody said this past week, and it's legitimate, it's legitimate that people don't understand 
what goes on here. They don't understand our vernacular and all of that. But when you are hit with fire, nobody needs to explain what it is. When our house was burning a number of years ago, our sofa didn't look around saying, what is that? Can somebody explain? Oh, my goodness. It's kind of warm, but what is it? And the little attic string pull thing, just not emoji. I'd say, hmm, they'd never seen fire, but they burned. They burned to a crisp. But what's puzzling is we had other things that didn't burn. And it's because the house never reached flashpoint. We can't just settle for an occasional fire here and there that some well-meaning saint puts out. It needs to be out of control, unpredictable, unpredictable. I'm not talking about wildfire. Let me comment about us scaring guests with an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That is so unbiblical, it's not even funny. God set another precedent in Acts chapter 2. That when the baptism of the Holy Ghost fell, they came from all over the world, literally. They were from all over the world. And they gathered around that upper room where at least 2,000 more received the Holy Ghost before the day was out. They weren't afraid of it. They'd never seen it either. They'd never heard of it either. They had disciples of John the Baptist told Paul in Acts 19, we've never even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost or not. And he prayed a prayer for them and baptized them and they came up out of the water speaking in tongues. He didn't go through a 14-week Bible study with them and tell them all of our vernacular. Folks, we need a fire. We need a fire that catches people on fire with the Holy Ghost when they walk through the door. Someone's soul would catch on fire. I wish someone's soul would catch on fire. Somebody would catch on fire. And make sweet words to a song, but the reality of it is absolutely immeasurable. As they're playing softly, we do this every Sunday, and I do it hoping every one Sunday somebody's going to catch on fire. somebody here today that would just like to warm up a little bit more to Jesus. You'd like to turn up the heat just a little bit in your relationship with God. If you're satisfied like you are, I don't know what to say about it. But if you want to be a little more passionate, a little more fervent, a little more expectant, why don't you come down today and say, God, I am willing, I am willing to catch on fire of the Holy Ghost and the kingdom of God. I'm willing to, to do my part change the atmosphere in this church. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help catch this church on fire. Come on, somebody. It's miracle signs and wonders that come for the fire. Everybody talk to the Lord. Everybody talk to the Lord. Holy Spirit, you are Fire us up! 
Good. 